We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. My name is Bethany Lee, and this is episode number 18. If you listened to episode 17, it was my first solo episode talking about what I do, and one of those things is being a home trainer to Isha and Raina Swanee. So I thought it would be fun to have them on today to talk a little bit about their lives as top junior hunter riders. So they're going to chat about all the different areas, big and small, about what makes their lives unique as top junior hunter riders, balancing life and having a lot of fun, as you will find out along the way. So without further ado, here's Isha and Raina Swanee. Hello, girls. Since there are two of you, I will go ahead and have you introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Raina. And I'm Isha. Do you want to say how old you are also? I'm 13. And I'm 16. Awesome. Okay, so this is the first episode where I actually have my guest in-house, so it's going to be very fun. And I wanted to have these two on today to talk a little bit about their lives as junior riders uh, competing at the top level and um, how they navigate that. So let's start with if you guys both can kind of take turns and talk about how you started riding and kind of how it progressed into uh, what you're doing today. So this is Isha. So I started riding when I was seven years old and I always loved horses. So my mom, um, we lived in New York City and my mom found uh, Joey Cryas and Alex Charles at Hunter's Landing located like in New York. And that's where I first started riding and I rode with them for eight years. And I started doing, like, short stirrup, and I moved up to children's, and I did mostly, like, children's ponies and children's horses. And then when we moved to Florida, we switched to Dave Belford and Christopher Payne at New Hope, and that's when I started doing the junior hunters. So this is Raina. I started riding about a year after Isha, and I also, I rode with Joey and Alex, and... I rode with them for five years, and now we're with Chris and Dave, and I'm currently doing the 3-3 Junior Hunters. So what happened in that year of time when Isha started and, Raina, you weren't riding? Well, it actually started out that with me and Isha riding in Baltimore because we used to go to our grandma's house. But then when Isha actually wanted to take riding on as a sport, I think for the year that she was riding, I was really just fighting with my parents because (laughs) I wanted to ride, but, you know, they wanted Isha to get going first, and they thought that I would do something else like swimming or soccer Mm. because that was what I was doing at the time. I really relate to Raina being the baby of the family. We get the short end of the stick, but more on that later. Um, uh, so Isha, you are doing the junior hunters now. 
Um, what does that what does that all involve as far as um, the class and the horses you have in that division? Tell me a little bit about that. So right now, I actually have all green horses that I started with this past January at the beginning of the Wellington Circuit. I have um, Monroe, Washington, and Bond. And they're all very new at this. Washington has more experience just because he was doing the jumpers and stuff before he switched over to the hunters. And he's older than the other two. So he's definitely easier to ride than the other two just from an experience standpoint. I've been doing the 3-6 Junior Hunters for two years now, and I definitely say it's, like, one of the most competitive classes. Just um, quality of horse as well as, like, the, um, how would I say, like, quality of rider, like, how good they are but not quality. Yeah, I mean, the competition is like, really just tough. the competition is yeah. really tough because there's a lot of experienced riders in, like, the 3-6 I think it's a lot of fun because last year I had two horses that were really experienced. And I'd say it's a lot of fun to have greener horses just because they're, like, brand new and they haven't won anything yet. So it's just fun to, like, be, like, um, like, experience some, like experience going to finals and, like, qualifying for all the national horse shows, like, on your own with something that's brand new. And you kind of get to observe and be a part of the horses making a name for themselves. Yeah, kind exactly. of the first time going Which I think is everything. honestly a lot. It's a lot of fun. Like, I had a, my first year doing the 3-6, I definitely enjoyed having horses that had experience that could help me, like, get around the course. But I think now, after a year of experience, it's definitely, like, interesting and something new to do to have horses that are still getting used to it. But once they do, like, I know they have a lot of potential. Got it. Yeah. And Raina, you're doing the three threes right now. Um, tell me a little bit about the transition going from the children's hunters to the three three because I know it's only a few inches, but it's quite an increase. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a lot different. It actually wasn't as smooth of a transition for me moving up because I broke my thumb. Do you want to tell everyone how you broke your thumb? My friend pushed me (laughs) off a boat, (laughs) and I got surgery on it, so I was out for a few weeks, but I had the same horse going into the three threes, and it it felt a little bigger, but just having, like, the same connection with my horse and having ridden him for the past year, it, it was pretty good also he wasn't as green as Isha's horses he had a little more experience as he'd also been with us he'd been in the family for a little longer so it was different I feel like definitely the three threes are a lot more competitive than the children's horses just because it's one of I feel like it's one of those divisions where you can have really old riders in it who are doing green horses or you can have really young riders and definitely I feel like everyone really wants to win in the 3-3s three just because it's that stage right before moving up to the 3-6. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Isha, tell me a little bit about, because or, or really both of you, because um, you are in a situation where... Um, I I told everyone if they had listened to the previous episode, my solo episode, I talked about how I was your home trainer and that you have show trainers, you have show horses and you have practice horses. Um, That's not... That's not, I don't know. I mean, it's not extremely normal, right? So tell me a little bit about that dynamic, um, maybe the pros and cons, and kind of why you go about doing 
a, a practice horse, show horse, home trainer, show trainer situation? So it was definitely different from before because before our barn was based in New York where we live, so we just ride our show horses during the week. Um, once we moved here, we did realize, like, we need a home trainer and our show trainers just because Chris and Dave are based in Wellington, Florida, and then in Cincinnati, Ohio. I definitely think it was different, and in the beginning, it was a little hard to adjust just because you never, you didn't ride your show horses as much just because they weren't with you, but I definitely think it makes you a better rider if you're riding different horses at home, and then you just have a variety of things to ride, and it also allows you to practice more on the practice horses that you wouldn't be able to do with your show horses just to keep them sound and healthy. You don't want to ride them or jump them as much, Mm -hmm. so I definitely think a pro is being able to practice the things you need to work on at home and practicing them like throughout the whole week without worrying about hurting or doing anything to your show horse. Yeah, it definitely was not an ideal situation when we moved here to have practice horses, but I agree with Isha that it's definitely a pro just because with riding so many different horses, you just get like a better overall feel. I feel like I personally feel like riding the practice horses that we have here versus riding our own horses has helped us just because it's a different ride and we can work on a lot of different things. I'd say like one con would be if you're having trouble with your show horse and it's a specific problem between you and the show horse and then not having them at home to work on is definitely a little challenging because if it's stuff that... <laughs> you have a specific problem, don't you? I do. <laughs> no, no, but my specific problem is just on every horse. Like I'm saying like specifically with like one of your show horses, like in particular, let's say you're having trouble with like distances or something, but only with that one. Mm-hmm. Only seeing it at horse shows is definitely it does affect you just because you can't practice on it as much because let's say even though you're finding distances on all the other horses if that particular one you just cannot see a distance it's it helps to be on them and like working them and jumping them at home to just figure it out so I definitely think a practice horse couldn't help with that if it's like particular to a certain horse sure definitely if your practice horse and your show horse are two completely different rides it'll be a little tricky to work on specific things but Overall, you're getting a variety of, like, different rides on a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I know with, uh, I mean, I can speak to that, too, with how our practice horses are sometimes uh, maybe have, like, a little more energy than our show horses. And that also uh, amounts to the fact that um, I always tell the girls I'm not going to, you know, run the horses, the practice horses into the ground to get them quiet for a lesson versus if, the you know, the way that we properly prep a horse at a show to get them quiet at a show. It's just kind of a different riding dynamic. But it did, Isha, it helped you the other show, right, um, in yeah. Kentucky a couple weeks ago? Uh, yes. Like, honestly, in the, when I first got all the green horses, I was kind of trying to figure out how I was going to do it because, yes, the practice horse thing worked for me, like, before, but I was like, all these horses are, like, new and green, and obviously the practice horses have a lot more experience and won't have the same problems, but they still did help me because the practice horses just help with my form as well and, like, getting my form right so then when I'm on the greener horses, I don't need to focus, so I don't need to be worried about my form. I have the proper form to, like, get them around the course and, like, stay balanced in the saddle and stuff. Plus, Mm -hmm. it also prepares us for times like junior hunter finals when 
you know, 48 hours in advance. Your trainers aren't allowed to prep your horses. It'll teach you how to prep your own horses and how to handle a fresh horse or a very quiet horse. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, So, Raina, walk everyone through a normal year. What horse shows are you guys most likely attending? So, starting in December when the show year starts, we start out in Wellington. We go to WEF from December all the way through March. And then in May, we go to Kentucky. We stay in Kentucky through late June when we go to Lake Placid. And then after Lake Placid, usually we go back to Kentucky for pony finals or now since we have since we're in the horses we go to junior hunter finals which is usually either at the Devon showgrounds or it'll be in Saugerties in New York and then every two three, years they change right mm-hmm. yeah locations. and then usually we go back to Kentucky and then of course in the fall we have all of our indoor so we have capital challenge in DC and then we have Harrisburg, and we have the Pennsylvania National Horse Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, followed by Washington, and then the National back in Kentucky. Do either of you have a favorite horse show? Like like a national one or just any? Any. Like throughout the year, as far as like location, where's your favorite place to show? I'd probably say Kentucky. It gets really hot in Kentucky, but yeah, it's fun. I also think Wellington, just, like, the way they run the horse show and, like, the rings and just the people as well. It's just, like, a fun horse show where you see people you haven't seen in a while. Because I know in the summer, like, different barns go to different places. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, a fun place to see everyone if you haven't seen them since indoors. And a few of your friends are either on the West Coast or don't go to Kentucky. So I know you see most of your friends in Wellington. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, so... What would you say, Raina, I'll ask, actually ask you another question, but um, as far as your competitiveness, I would say between the two of you, Raina's more competitive, yeah. wouldn't you think? I feel like she's, like, more aggressive, like, at the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like, cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely way more just, like, chill and relaxed and yeah. just, like, mm-hmm. kind of easy. I'm just, like, laid back at the horse show. Like, I don't get stressed or anything mm-hmm. when I'm going in the ring. Stressed. Like, you even get, at indoors. You get stressed, but you don't get nervous, I don't think. I think she gets, I guess maybe yeah. in the three threes you get a little in more nervous. In the three threes I get a little more nervous. Definitely for things like pony finals or for Washington. Like my heart was beating out of my chest. Yeah. You no, know, like you get but, really competitive and you like add up points and stuff like at the end yes, gate, like to my, figure out like where you are for I do a lot of math. Like, let's let's hear okay, so aggressive. what goes on in your mind for this whole point <laughs> system? Because I so, know you have it memorized. Yeah. Well, so I always start usually I don't go at the beginning of the order, I usually go towards the middle or the end. So, of course, I'm keeping track of scores and, you know, what score I have to be to be in the top five or to ribbon or to jog. So the way that the point system works is that you get placed first through eighth and each first through six gets points. So first place is ten points, second is six, third is four, fourth is two, fifth is one, and sixth is half of a point. So at a normal horse show, if you're counting for champion or reserve, you take your total over fence points and you add them all up. 
Also, if you place in the under saddle in order to get points for under saddle, you have to be top four over fences. So if you won an under saddle, but you only got fourth in one trip, that would only be two points over fences. So you probably would not get the under saddle points because you have to be top four over fences. So usually at shows, after the first day, I go through like the most consistent riders or the most like the top placings and I add them all up and then see what I have to be the next day to either place or be champion or reserve you are insane yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then so that's just for normal shows but then for national points it's a really it's a bit of a confusing system so basically there are four types of shows I'd guess you'd classify it as C shows, B shows, A, and double A. So the way that points work at those shows is that, let's just say double A, for example, a first place point nationally would be 25 points. Second place would be 20. Third would be 16. Fourth would be 12. Fifth is 11. And then the list continues through eighth. So when you're counting national points, you take the placing at the type of show. So if you're first at a double-A show, you have 25 points, and you add it to the number of entries. So if there are 15 people in my class, you take 25 plus 15 is 40, and then you add them all up, and you get your national points. And I usually do that after every show, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Your parents know it, too. I yeah, think Aisha, I think you are the only one. Yeah, I'm like the only one who you and your brother keep well, track of points. Well, ever. I haven't memorized. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. even if I'm going in champion, I will not know it. Like, unless it's like completely mm-hmm. obvious to me. Well, well and some people, no. some people, it uh, don't like knowing until it's done. I don't it mind. It's bad for me to know because I. I don't mind do myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't mind knowing. It's just I'd have to do the math to figure it out. So usually, either Raina will do it just because she's yeah. curious. I usually do it for you she yeah me. usually she'll just do it like for me. at junior on her finals two years ago when she was going in champion in the three three large youngers on park place i did the points for a champion and for grant <laughs> and i told her what it was oh you were like, you just get i was like 75. all you have to do is get 77s across the board and you'll win wow and then what did you get she got 77s across the board <laughs> Oh yeah, and my mom. My mom was like, "She's not gonna win." And yeah, oh my god, I, I won. I always you. You really you won, Raina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I won that battle. <laughs> Dave oh just like I was like, I win. You lose. <laughs> Grand it is. That is awesome. Um, so Isha, as junior hunters, you are not walking courses. No. But in what situation recently did you have to walk a course? Oh, the hunters! <laughs> she forgot um, already. That's your big claim to fame in 2019, I would say. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so t- t- let's talk about that process a little bit, and then we'll get into courses. Okay. So, at the Hunter Spectacular, it's actually really cool. So, before the class, I say about week six in Wellington, so, right? So, basically, the Hunter Spectacular goes during week six during Hunter Week at WEF. And to qualify, you have to be champion or reserve in a division that's 3-6 or higher. So about an hour or so before, they hold a riders meeting for everyone who qualified, and they just go over rules and, like, how the scoring is going to work. And then they pass out the course, like, a course sheet, and you're allowed to go into the international ring and walk the course just to get a feel of the ride and and the lines. 
And I think, like, so far this year, it's the only course I've ever had to walk, just because usually you don't get to walk courses in the Hunters. Unless it's a derby. Yeah, unless yeah, it's a derby, derby or something. Mm-hmm. I'd say you definitely want to focus on striding, especially in a ring that big, just especially on bendings and stuff. Like, you don't need to find an exact number, but it's good to have, like, you know, a range of, like, where you're supposed to be down the line. Mm-hmm. And I also just think in the turns and stuff to know, like, not to cut out turns and to stay out past a certain point. It was definitely a little overwhelming walking that course. I was definitely feeling a little out of my element. I walked it with my trainer, Chris, because he was in the night class as well. It was really fun just because I had the opportunity to go in there and just look at the jumps and look at the turns and everything and know, like, how I should ride it. And it definitely helped that night to know, like, what turns I should make in my track around the ring. But I'd say in general, like, most hunter courses are pretty basic. It's, like, a basic, like, um, you start with a single either on the quarter line or diagonal. And then it's just outside line, diagonal, usually a single oxer or two stride, and then you end on an outside line or diagonal. And the and you're given the stride, so usually you can figure that out pretty easily, like, at a normal course. Okay. So when you see the course sheet, um, the lines are usually given in... Inches, correct? Or I'm sorry, yes. in feet. So what? What? What are you? Um, what's your little um, trick that you do? So to know how many my strides? trick is like not the right way to figure out the striding, but like for me it works. It's like literally there's like literally no math involved. Basically, if the line says it's like 86 inches, I take feet. the number or 86 sorry, feet. I messed you up. <laughs> um, I take the number eight and I subtract two, so I know it's six. Mm-hmm. Can I explain that? What's the real math? So the real way to do it is that you subtract 12 from the number. So 86 minus 12 is 74. 74. And then you round it to the nearest factor of 12. Is it multiple of 12? Mm -hmm. So 74 is closest to 72. So it's six. Which would be six. But my math is just faster. And if you're, like, not in the mood to, like, or you're just Mm -hmm. not good at math, just, like, 8 minus 2 is 6. Or 75, 7 minus 2 is Um, 5. What is the the significance of 12 when when in terms of striding? Because they're 12 inches and a foot. And, like, when you walk a course, like, once you, like, take one step, that's essentially one inch. It's about (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're like, the one length Mm -hmm. from from their front feet to their back. Oh, I thought it was, like, a person walking. Oh, well. Well, well, last time I checked, we don't, we don't, we don't count ourselves through jumps. (laughs) Oh, I I thought you were going to say we don't count. (laughs) Gotta love sisters here. I don't count. (laughs) I didn't count at the night class. We're not going to talk about that today, (laughs) because for any of you listening, we do count our strides. Isha is not the best um, star child for that. (laughs) But if you were to be walking a course, the, the reason I was getting into the 12 feet is there. There are tw- the average stride of a horse is 12 feet. So, Isha, if you were to be counting in once in a blue moon, counting, <laughs> counting when you're riding, what? Let's say we have an outside line. What? What is the process you go through? Like when you went and did the um, horse walk with Chris? Okay, so basically, once you, so you get behind the first jump in the line. And you take four steps, so one, two, three, four, and those count for takeoff and landing. And then once you take that fourth step, you start actually counting the number of strides. So you do one, two, three, four, and that's one stride. And you continue that till you get to the base of the out of the line, and that's how many strides the line is. Perfect. Yep. Exactly. 
Very cool. Raina, what is your most favorite part of a course as far as if you had to choose between line, single oxer, two stride? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with single oxers because, okay. well, at least for my horse now, um, most likely his bar name is Chuck. When we jump single oxers, he jumps them very big. Yes. And sometimes I get thrown out of the tack, but <laughs> a lot but of the time. Yeah. So cute. But, yeah. pretty. <laughs> but it's, I, I'd probably have to say single oxers. I think I find the best distances to single oxers. Oh. Like, not singles. Mm. I can't do like ends of lines. Yeah, you can. <laughs> so single oxers, because they're I feel like they're usually in the middle of a course, mm-hmm. and that's when like that's the peak of my course, because you know that's where I'm the most consistent. Sure. Oh, I would say two strides. Or by where you I like two strides? I just think if like for me at least like my like goal to two stride is to like get a good end, just mm-hmm. to, like get out of the two strides. So you get really long in, you're most likely going to get jumped out of the tack going in, and then getting out usually is like a disaster. Yeah. So I think usually if you nail the end, getting out is easy. Like, I don't think, like, I feel like those are the easiest things I think two strides depend. I hate two strides on the quarter line because I I just like everything on a diagonal, unless it's an outside line, because I feel like on diagonal lines, it's easier to hold your horse and leg through the turn and, like, get them to the base and, like, get them to jump, like, into the line really strong. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like on straightaways sometimes... Especially for two strides, it's really easy to pick to the base and then get out really long. I just feel in a course, like, if once you jump into two strides, as long as you keep your leg, like, you, you're going to jump out, hopefully. It's almost like a... It, two it's strides like a, are almost like a gymnastic situation yeah. where you're kind of in a shoot, and once you're in... You're, you have to get out. I'm, like, you know you're most likely... I'm hoping you get out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> something could happen, but you, usually you're going to get out of the two stride. Yeah. That, yeah, that's cool. When you are doing, spending all this time in the hunters and, and riding your amazing ponies, what, what makes you want to stay in hunters? Do, I know that you guys have, you've dabbled in the jumpers, Isha, Isha. for a short period of time, but uh, why not equitation? Why not jumpers? What's the difference between the ride as far as hunters, ek, and jumpers? I just feel like the hunter, like, I did dabble in the jumpers, and I honestly, I loved my jumper. It was honestly, like, the best first jumper I could have gotten. I just, like, did not enjoy going fast, or I just, like, could not think that fast around the turns. I didn't go fast in jump-offs. I didn't do inside turns, basically. I just, like, rode it like a hunter course. (laughs) I just, like, enjoying the hunters, how, like, the whole round is really calm, and it's all about just, like... A classical look where you're going at this you keep the same tempo around the ring and I'm good at finding the distances like on like during a course if I mess up it's usually not the distance it's usually like the lead change right. or like the striding like it's something usually like something stupid like that so for me I just find the hunters to be really relaxing and just fun for me to do because mm-hmm. I just enjoy like the tempo and just the pace of the round I enjoy the hunters as well because, well, I agree. I feel like it's just super, like, super smooth, and you can just, like, really finesse the ride, like, around the turns and keep your horse just, like, looking really pretty. But I don't think I'd ever do the Eck, but I actually want to try Jumper because I rode Isha's Jumper a few times when she had him, and I actually 
really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I definitely go faster than her. Yes. I can assure you. Everyone goes faster than me. (laughs) But I don't, like, I mean, I don't know. I never went, like, that, that fast. But, I mean, I had my fast moments. Yes. And I I could do the inside turn. I would try. I would, I think I would try the act next year. Yeah. And I'd be doing the hunters for two years. And I think for my last two years as a junior, just to try it. Because, like, I might as well. I tried the jumpers. You have nothing to lose. Yeah, I don't have anything to lose at this point point and I just think like the pace and everything I think it's interesting because also the EC have other shows you have to qualify for as well right because you have you set medal finals and I think it's at the end of September during capital challenge and then I don't know I just think it's like something interesting to try because why not before you age out to try all three right what has been some challenges being in your position as top junior riders, you know, showing all over the place and and what what has been some negatives or challenges that you have had to go through? I honestly think the biggest challenge, just because I'm in high school now, is just keeping up with schoolwork. Because like we still do real school throughout the year, so like they're real students over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's actually easier now that we live in Florida because it's a four-hour drive to get to Wellington, or we could fly. So from like a logistics standpoint, like during the winter, it's definitely easier to get to Wellington and spend time down there because we have a condo down there as well. Plus we can also drive now that we're so close. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a little hard because like a lot of juniors will do like either will work something out with their school where they can stay during the circuit or they'll do some kind of homeschool or online school thing once they hit high school. So I definitely think it's hard because like I do like hanging out with my friends and stuff when I'm in Wellington on the weekends. And it's hard when I have to like not like... I won't be able to hang out with them because I have to write an essay due Monday or study for tests. And it's also, it's just, it's as long as you like stay, like keep a balance with your school and riding, it's definitely like possible. It's just hard at times, like during indoors, cause you're gone for like four straight weekends on the East coast in Pennsylvania or in Washington, DC. And then like Devin for me, at least is the same week as finals. So this year I didn't qualify for Devon, but just like in general, I would have if I qualify next year, I'd have to either skip my last final and take it the following week, or not be able to go to Devon. Or senior year, you can skip graduation. Oh, yeah, yeah. For Devin. skip graduation for Devon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just think balancing school works a little tough when like other kids who ride with you like don't really need to do that like. I agree. I feel like since I'm I'm still only 13 and I'm still in middle school, so I feel like not a lot of my friends do online school. I don't know if yet because some of them may, but I feel like communication just with your teachers is key because if you have a good relationship with your teachers, they'll be super easygoing or, you know, they'll work with you super easily if you have to reschedule a quiz or a test or even, like, if you're not going to be there the day an essay is due and you have to turn it in, like, they'll be really good about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, Isha, you're getting close to halfway done, or you're halfway done with high school now that's crazy are either of you considering riding in college I know like riding in college like there are some rules on like how you like riding with the school and then riding outside the school 
So I'm really like still like not sure what I want to do because I know you also like most colleges you don't bring your own horses. So I don't know if I'd want to ride with the team or I'd want to just ride like on my own like with Chris and Dave and the AOs. I just don't know like how committed I want to be like once I hit college. Sure. Like compared to like the level I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't know if I would ride in college. I think if I did, I would probably do it outside of a school team with Chris and Dave, but I think I would be more likely to ride after college, like as an older amateur or adult, I guess. Sure. Which I feel like is kind of a misconception with people who are riding a lot as a junior. I feel like a lot of people assume that you want that you will continue or you're trying to ride for a team or you want to be a professional or all this stuff. What what is your kind of take on on that misconception? I definitely think a lot of people think like the top junior riders and stuff like they're going to do this their whole life like even like if they do the act jumpers and hunters and they're going to go to college and come back and like ride on the college team and then come back to the like a circuit and like continue doing it either like at their own barn as like a professional or trainer. I definitely think, like, a lot of juniors, it just kind of depends on their situation. But I know, like, a lot, like, a few of my friends, like, once they age out, they're definitely going to keep riding and, like, keep one or two, like, maybe one or two horses. But it's not going to be, like, their main activity, like, throughout college. Like, they're going to focus on college, not on, like, trying to get down to Wellington every weekend to come horse show. Sure. Raina, what do you think? Um... Do you have a lot of kids who are showing with you who are looking to become professionals or ride in college? Um, I think right now it would be more so a matter of riding in college because I feel like, again, since I'm just in the three threes, like there are definitely some kids who who will either become professionals or, like, if they have a parent who, if their parent is their trainer, is going to teach them. But I feel like most of the kids that I compete with right now are, they're kind of in a similar situation as me where, you know, they go to school and they have to travel a lot back and forth um, between home and school and riding. But I feel like, like, you'll be able to differentiate, like, the kids who want to ride in college and then the professionals once in the next one or two years when we move up to the 3-6. Because right. I feel like as of now, I think, I don't think I could name, like, more than three kids who are, who don't go to um, real school like us. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So with... Isha, you are already, you're in the three, six junior hunters and you have been for two years now, right? So you're already at the highest level that you can be as a junior and as a hunter rider. And Reina, you will very soon be in that position. What are some things since the, since you're, I mean, I guess you could technically say you're like maxed out as far as what you can do with your age what are some things you can do to kind of keep that interesting and, and not be like, not be so mundane? Obviously there's always room for improvement. Um, but yeah, what are some things that you can do in these next couple years? Well, I definitely this year want to focus just on qualifying all my horses for indoors because I didn't make it into Devon this year just because they started showing in January and they each only have like 
three to five shows since the beginning of the new year. So I definitely think right now my main goal is to just like get them like get them to have more experience in the show ring and just like have them develop. And how do you qualify for indoors? So basically for most of them it's your top fifteen shows, like the points from your top fifteen shows. Each indoor, like four indoors, so indoors is Pennsylvania National Horse Show, Washington International Horse Show, and then the National Horse Show in Kentucky, which is also the same weekend as McClay Finals. The cutoff is right after the Hampton Classic at the end of August, and then once the the day after the cutoff, like the new year starts for all those points to start adding up again. So it's mainly, like, all of the winter circuit and then the summer people will be showing um, throughout those two seasons to qualify for it. And I think almost all of them, it's about top 20. And then the national maybe is top 15 in each division. Got it. And so, Raina, since you you might even have more time potentially at the 3-6 than Isha will, what are some things that you can do or, or where, what do you what do you think you're going to do as far as having that amount of time in the three six? Well, definitely, I feel like since I will have, I guess, four years, four four to four and a half years in the three six. I think other than just doing the hunters, I'd probably want to try another division like the jumpers, mm-hmm. or I mean, maybe even the Eck, just to keep it interesting. But I also play tennis. And if I make the tennis team throughout high school, it's actually around the same period of time that Wellington is. So definitely, I feel like it'll just be interesting to just to be able to like go back to left just because if I end up playing really, if I end up being one of the top players on this tennis team, it'll definitely, I feel like it'll always be exciting to go back to Wellington for me. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that is all the time that we have for today, but we'll definitely have to have you guys back on here. I'm going to include a, a question little tab on their specific website. So it'll be myequestrianstyle.com slash episode slash swannies. And you can submit a question of maybe if you listen to the episode and you thought of something to ask Isha or Raina, and then we'll have them back on here for a little Q and a, but, um, I just wanted to thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy schedules to chat with me. Um, I know I'm just like your embarrassing home trainer who makes you do stuff and ride without stirrups but (laughs) i just want to thank you guys for coming on thank you of course we'll talk to you soon what did you think of today's episode head over to anywhere where you listen to the equestrian podcast and please rate and review and tell me what you thought i would love to hear your thoughts because i'm curious and it helps people like you find the equestrian podcast It also allows us to find some amazing guests for you to listen to. So, win-win for everyone. Well, that is about all the time we have for today, but make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Equestrian Podcast so that you stay up to date on any news for the podcast. So until next time, I'm Bethany Lee. This is the Equestrian Podcast. Now get out there and enjoy the ride.